to episode 121 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who on this very day is entering his mid-30s, mm-hmm. John Scott Sloat. Yeah, 34. Yeah. Officially mid-30s. Officially mid-30s, yeah. There, there's no more early 30s. Mm-mm. No, we're mid-30s now. Yeah. And how do we feel about that? I feel uh, it's better than turning 30. Okay. Turning 30 was rough. But, <laughs> why uh, was it rough? Um, I mean, I mean, there, there's a myriad of reasons why it was rough. But, uh, <laughs> you know, anytime you start a new decade or, or anything like that, or anytime you get through half a decade, that feels like a big milestone. Okay. 34 just feels like one along the way. Okay. I don't know if that made sense. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got a milestone birthday coming up. Not this July, but the following July. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we are recording on a Monday morning. and uh, Like a week and a half left in the semester. Yeah. Yeah. Summer is almost here. So h- how's your church history class going? It's, it's going well. Um, it's going well. We're I – mean, I mean I have it outlined through the class and I've done it before. So we are in – we're sort of hitting the Enlightenment era. Uh, we're getting ready to do – today we'll do the 1800s and then um, and then Wednesday probably late 1800s, early 1900s. OK. So we really start at the beginning and we go pretty slow and then we speed up in the middle and then at the end we slow down again. Uh, so I think that's true of a lot of church history classes. Probably even like – I mean you know better than I do in terms of – if you've looked at textbooks that cover church history, there's a lot of emphasis on on the you know the church fathers, understandably so. Oh yeah, and then you get to the Middle Ages, and it's like, yeah, um, Aquinas. Okay, let's get to the Reformation. Yeah. Like <laughs> Aquinas, Crusades. <laughs> yeah, it it's like there you, you jump like 700 years. Yeah, and, and you talk about two things, and I, I do quite a bit on Islam as well, talking about Islam and and its movements around. And then I, what else do I do? I mean, I talk about like things that led to the Reformation in the Middle Ages that were just yeah. bad, yeah. Um, right? I mean, we have the the bad a string of bad popes, and I talk about the popes and and you know how like this one wanted his son to be the next pope. Mm-hmm. Popes aren't supposed to have sons, you know. You know, just <laughs> right. just things like that. There's a time yeah. that we have three popes, you know. Yeah, uh, yes. France overtakes the papacy for a time. There you know, you there's there's a lot of those yeah. types of things I try to illustrate. Is like people were fed up a little bit with the Catholic Church and all of its problems, a little and, bit, yeah. and led to the Reformation. Yeah. My other question for you is, what did you do this past weekend? to your grass because we had gorgeous weather. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, you had to be out, outside mm-hmm. doing something to the grass. I did. I So I mowed okay. uh, for the first time. So right. that involved weed whacking and all those things. Uh, the other thing I did is I edged for the first time ever. So okay. I got a new edger over yep. winter. I used uh, some monies that I had saved up to buy an edger. And so uh, have you ever seen an edger? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. big spinning metal blades yeah. and cutting next to the sidewalk and sparks are flying. It's wonderful. Um, <laughs> so I did that. Uh, Were you wearing protective goggles? 
I, I wear glasses, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what else did I do? Uh, I mean, I uh, put it, I mean, this isn't my grass, but I put in uh, spike fertilizers. Have you seen these? No, I don't think so. So basically, they're for trees and shrubs, but basically, they come with a plastic cap. And you put the plastic cap on and then you pound them into the ground with a hammer. Mm-hmm. And as rain falls, it distributes fertilizer to these shrubs. Okay. And so uh, I put some of those in for my trees and shrubs. And and life is coming up from the ground right now. So it's, okay. it's very exciting. Although it's going to cool off this week and probably stall it a little bit. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's about it. Did you mow this weekend? I did. How was it? You know, it was fine. Um, I, I, I am not – nearly as uh, committed to mm. my lawn as you are, uh, which is fine. Um, now, you had a lawn when you moved in. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have to start from scratch. I, I had a barren wasteland. <laughs> uh, so for me to – for me to, I had to care in order to yeah. get yeah. basically to the level that you currently have well, probably. Well, yeah. Anyway, so I did mow this. It, it was in need of it but not desperate need. But again, if it's one of those things where – if I don't mow it on the weekend, I don't have time to do it during the week, and then sure. next weekend is is miserable in terms of mowing through. So, in any case, uh, let's talk some sports. Um, well, if you'd like to reach out to the show, email us <laughs> at uh, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail We can be reached on Twitter at vnspod. Uh, we're also on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, as well as anywhere you get podcasts. And we'd love for you to leave a five-star review, but only five stars. We'll take critical feedback, but we're only interested in five stars for the algorithm. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you for stepping in and taking care of that. Uh, now on to sports. Mm-hmm. Um, NBA playoffs, first round still going on. Uh, I've watched some. My guess is you've probably watched none. I've watched none, no. And uh, – I think the big takeaway is uh, injuries. So you've got uh, Devin Booker for the Suns out, and now that series is two-two. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Chris Middleton out for the for the Bucks, and uh, that doesn't seem to matter because the Bucks are just annihilating the the Bulls. I think they're up three-one now. Yeah, three-one. And uh, Joel Embiid has been playing, but has some thumb ligament damage. But I think they're up three one in their series against Toronto. They, and are. they lost on Saturday, though. They were up three nothing, though. I think before that, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. And then Luka Doncic missed the first two games of that series against Utah. Uh, so, uh, just you know, it, to me, it's just a reminder of how fragile things can be in terms of injuries. You oh know, yeah. You, you can think this team is really good, and then one of your big guns goes down, and then next thing you know. You're in some serious trouble. Uh, the other noteworthy thing probably is is the Celtics up three nothing on the Nets. I think, yeah, that's I think pretty impressive. Most people thought that would be a more competitive series. Uh, ben Simmons still not playing there, but um, yeah, I still don't know what to make uh, of the Eastern Conference. I, I'm still not sold on the on the Celtics necessarily, but I'm not sure who's going to come out of the East. Celtics. I'm not sold on the Heat. Uh, Maybe what the Bucks. About, what about the Bucks? Won it last year. They did, but without Chris Middleton, I think. Like I don't know how long they're going to miss him. Uh, so hard to say. Uh, and Philadelphia. I mean, Philadelphia is hell. If 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 this if Embiid and Harden can play well together, that's a tough combo to stop. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see about that. Uh, Western Conference. 
I, I, the more I see, the more I think probably, unfortunately, the Warriors are going to come out of that unless Devin Booker comes back and gets healthy with the Suns. Yeah, so. I think that's probably right. Uh, let's talk some baseball. What's going on with your Mets? Uh, we've been in Arizona this week, so late nights uh, watching Arizona baseball. But uh, they but you're not staying up for that. Um, your bedtime's like nine nine o'clock at night. Yeah, I actually listen to the game on the radio as I fall asleep. Okay, so I will actually put an ear fo- uh, headphone in uh, and listen to the game on the radio as I fall asleep. Okay, and then I'll wake up and then my headphone's gone right and it's <laughs> somewhere in the bed. And yes, so I'll uh, I'll go to go to sleep listening to the radio, okay. um, which is which is a lovely way to fall asleep, by the way. Anyway. Uh, Especially with baseball. Baseball so the, the pacing of baseball oh, yeah. is, is is well suited for that. But uh, we took two or three from the Diamondbacks. Not pretty games, but we played well enough to win mm-hmm. uh, two of those games. And then we beat the Giants earlier this week, uh, three games out of four. So that was a that was a big series win as well. And we haven't lost a series yet. We're five series in. We've won every series. We haven't even tied a series yet. So I assume that means that the Mets are in first place in the East. Yeah, I think we have the best record in baseball right okay. now. All right. So it's it's a good start. Yeah. It's a good start. Now we need sustained success okay. over the season. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly in the sports realm, I think uh, we should touch on the upcoming NFL draft. That's the end of this week. This episode drops on Tuesday the 26th, and I think the, 26th, the draft yeah. starts that Thursday, so two days later from when this drops. Yeah. What are you hoping your Jets do? So I am they have hoping the fourth and the tenth. The fourth right? and the tenth. Word on the street is that we're looking to trade the tenth. I don't know that they'll do it, but to the to the 49ers for uh, their wide receiver uh, is it Debo Samuel? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the scuttlebutt is that uh, a deal could be in place in the next couple of days. Okay. Yeah. So that would be that would be a that'd be a a big get. It would. It would. Um, uh, and it would probably mean that they're not going to draft one of the Ohio State wide receivers. Yes, yes, it would mean that. <laughs> it would mean that. Yes, but Debo um, Samuel's a spe- he's a special guy. He is. He's a special player. He is, and he's a proven like he's a proven care proven quality. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what you're getting. There. Yep. Uh, any draft pick is a measure of risk. Even even a first rounder. Even yep. someone as talented as say a Garrett Wilson, who you look at and go. He's unreal. Got all the measurables, got the tape. But, you know, Debo Samuel has proven he can do it at this level. Mm -hmm. So we will see. And carry a team's offense, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So we will see how that that shakes out. Anything else in the realm of sports? Are we ready to move on to our main topic here? Um, I'll throw this out. I was mentioning this before we got on pod. Uh, There was – and I don't have the backstory. There was – a woman who ran on the floor at the Grizzlies game and was tackled by, I believe, another fan. Seems to be. Okay. Um, if you know the backstory of this, please reach out to me. <laughs> I, w- I would love to know more information about that and just what yeah. happened there. I just, I just have no idea. But he, this woman, runs on the floor and, mm-hmm. and this this man tackles her, seeming to restrain her. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I'd love to know what what that's about. Yeah, did we talk last week on the pod about 
Mike Tyson beating the crap out of some guy on an airplane who was like just taunting him? Did, we, did that happen before or after we recorded? I believe that happened after we recorded. We also missed Kershaw's uh, being pulled yes, a we few weeks ago. About yeah, that. yes. I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I think it's ridiculous that you pull a guy through. It was seven innings, right? He'd pitched seven He'd pitched innings, seven thrown innings, eighty pitches, mm-hmm. had a perfect game going, which. I think in the history of baseball, there's been like there's 22, been a, 23 yeah. of them. Like you, know, you think about how many games of baseball have been played in the history of the sport and there's only been 22 or so. How can you pull him? Yeah. That's just ridiculous. 80 pitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absurd. That's, that's the era we live in though. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, the guys aren't built to go. 80 complete, pitches, complete John. Game. And if you'd ask Kershaw, you want to go out there and try to get six more outs? You know he would have said, absolutely. Yeah. But they all look at – I know it's the analytics. I know it's the – Well, they look at some of the analytics. They also look at a guy like Johan Santana who for the Mets was – came off uh, surgery, came back, had a no-hitter going through seven and they let him go the full game and uh, you know, a few weeks later was injured and they draw it right back to them leaving him in for the no-hitter yeah, and basic, basically finished off his career. Um, so – I would distinguish between a no hitter and a perfect game. Yeah, yeah. In terms of rareness, you know, absolutely perfect. I mean, if there's only only twenty or twenty five perfect games, what is that? One every five to seven years yeah, in the majors, something like that. Something in, like in the that. history of its existence. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of things that are now going out of existence, we were at T four G this. We past were weekend. at T four G. Yeah. Yeah. So. We figured we would do a little bit of a wrap-up on that, uh, which in this case is a little different than when, when we did this. You remember two years ago we did a, a T4G wrap and we basically talked, Piper. talked about John Piper and his mm-hmm. message on preaching Christ from the Old Testament and gave a little pushback. Uh, no pushback here. So um, why don't we set the stage? Uh, who did we take – who did we go down with and uh, just kind of the general? Um, yeah. So we took – uh, oh, goodness, 14 students with us, uh, and we stayed at a lovely Airbnb yeah. in, in Louisville. Um, <laughs> that was that was about the perfect Airbnb for us, I might add. Yes. Uh, about a 20-minute walk from the convention center on the same road as the convention center. And individualized suites, basically. There were eight different suites. With some common areas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was good. So that was really good. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean – Beyond that, I, it was it was a really good time. It was a great time to catch up with friends, yep. make some new friends. Uh, well, one of the things I love most about taking students is just to see their eyes and their minds just being expanded mm-hmm. with this world of reformed preaching and worship, um, and just seeing them like. You know, almost wide-eyed, like I, t- I didn't know this kind of thing existed. Well, you know, we were driving down and somebody asked me, who's doing the worship? I was like, I have no idea. Historically, it's one dude and a piano. And it's like you could see the sadness yeah. on the face. And then they get there and they're just in tears about how, how yeah. beautiful and good it is. Yeah. One guy at a piano with 12,000 people 12, singing uh, is Unbelievable! So fun to see that. I mean, <laughs> there, there was one student who I won't name him, but um, we were spending time with a, a mutual friend of ours, and uh, 
this student asked our mutual friend, so we're not reformed, are we? Like, like <laughs> clearly putting pieces together, like the church background I come from, it, like I, it's kind of similar to this, but it's not fully similar. Like you can see him just kind of putting the pieces mm-hmm. together and our friend saying, well, we're, we're, we're basically small R reformed, mm-hmm. but not capital R reformed. Mm-hmm. So just, just fun to see students wrestle with that and put those pieces together. Um, so, uh, you drove a massive vehicle down, a yeah. troop transport kind of vehicle. Yeah, 15 passenger. Yeah, and then I took another few students in a uh, SUV. So we were we were riding in style. Oh, yeah. Parked on the street, <laughs> left <laughs> it on the did. street for a few days. Rolled the dice in Louisville. And uh, it turned out fine. It did. It, it did. almost always does. Yeah, almost always, indeed. And it kind of brought back some 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 mystery trip vibes. A little bit, yeah. The, the two of us trying to navigate a group of around, you know, fourteen students. Although through a city, what we what we do on that trip is gave every student a, a pile of cash and said, "Spend this on your food. Don't go anywhere alone." And here's where we're staying. Yeah. Uh, and other than that, they're mostly they're mostly on their own. Yes, yeah, that's true. That's true. And so that's a good that's a good thing for a trying to get a. Reservation for that many people is just a disaster. I think they, I think they got it once. They, they all went without us. We without us, plans, yeah. But they all went to the spaghetti factory mm-hmm. and had a reservation for like thirteen or whatever. So, um, yeah. So let's talk about um, maybe. Uh, so again, part of what characterizes T four G is a lot of preaching, mm-hmm. a lot. And this one, this conference is even more so. Yeah. So they did something a little different with. Um, they had more people speaking, but some of them were given 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. And then other you – know, the big names were given like the full 45 to an hour mm-hmm. uh, to, to speak. So um, maybe let's talk a little bit about uh, any of the shorter ones that stood out to you, not, not the main platform guys. But uh, the shorter ones. Uh, I really enjoyed Shai Lin. Yeah. By the way, all of these are available at T4G.org. So yes. you, you can go watch any of them that you want to. But I thought Shai Lin was probably yeah. of the – what I'll call the sermonettes uh, yeah. was probably the best in, in my book. Yeah. So I didn't see them all but, but – Same here. So he preached um, 2 Timothy 2. Uh Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, and mm-hmm. so um, just really good, uh, good preaching there. Just very much enjoyed it, and he did probably the best job by far, in my estimation, of raising affections for Christ, mm-hmm. of just uh, of preaching in such a way that you walked away with a renewed sense of the greatness of Christ. Mm-hmm. So, um, highly recommend that. Uh, oh yeah, that sermon that's. Outstanding. Um, How about yourself? Were you were, was that your favorite short sermon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. so. I think so. Um, now again, I I was not in all the sessions, so yeah. um, I, I can't speak to the totality of all of them. But um, yeah, I think of the ones I heard, that was by, to me by far the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about um, what about the sort of the the bigger names, the main speakers. Yeah. 
The one – so it's hard to pick just one. Uh, well, it's our show. We can do what we want. Yeah. If I could, if I could bracket <laughs> them into a couple categories. Sure. For, for the regular preacher teacher, uh, I think John Piper's was very, very good mm-hmm. uh, and very, very challenging uh, and convicting. Yeah. Um, I think as far as like an example of walking through a text, I thought Greg Gilbert was quite good. OK. I missed that one. Um, Let's go back to the Piper one for a minute. Yeah. Um, what was especially good about that? What, what, what did you enjoy about it? So he, basically his uh, desire was for uh, preachers and teachers to preach biblical imperatives, the imperatives from scripture. And uh, I think he was seeing the problem as some of uh, one of the – maybe blind spots of the Young Restless Reformed movement is uh, that it had a tendency to preach justification by faith and then just sort of stop there and mm-hmm. not go forward to to some of the imperatives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was challenging mm-hmm. um, and and good and, and helpful because I, I know I can feel that tendency in my own heart to preach justification by faith but not go to yeah. therefore do X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, his – he did a great job of showing how uh, the death of Jesus didn't just purchase our pardon from sin, but also purchased our holiness. Mm-hmm. And um, and he did it in a way. Now he's preaching to m- mostly pastors. Okay, so in one sense, what he did was not a model to be copied. But what was great, and I remember you and I talking about this is he did a great job of sort of showing his work in the text, which is something that can be super beneficial for our Greek students as he's showing how the passage hung together and how, you know, okay, so this is a purpose clause. So this is a, you know, again, I'm not suggesting that every preacher preacher should be talking about adverbial participles that have a causal sense, you know. You should use that knowledge. I'm not sure you should necessarily drop the expression adverbial participle on your on your <laughs> congregants. But um, it was – what was great about it was in a – being able to point to students – point students to say, see, see how his work in the Greek text is shaping what he's doing in the message. Oh, yeah. And how he's making points and how he's exposing the logic of the text – and then applying it and pressing it upon us um, was very good. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, so that was that was enjoyable to watch just from a from that perspective. Let alone the the sort of sobering challenge of the content of the message. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Any uh, any that you particularly enjoyed? Well, um, I, I would probably go with um, two. I'll start with H.B. Uh, Charles. Mm-hmm. He preached out of 1 Peter 1, 10 through 12, and um, just unpacked how the Old Testament anticipates the new and how our salvation that Christ has accomplished was anticipated in the Old Testament. And just a good uh, exposition of that text. I, I, I enjoyed that. Um and then the the other one 
was Kevin DeYoung on Justification by Faith. Mm-hmm. And so here, here's sort of the caveat on that one. It, um, it was not an expositional message. It was more of a, a sort of doctrinal sermon aimed at cultural analysis, mm-hmm. meaning – I mean he was in the biblical text, but – the main thing that he focused on was how our culture cannot deal with guilt. And so it comes with all these different ways of how our culture, people in our culture try to handle guilt, respond to guilt, deal with guilt and their inadequacies and how justification by faith actually solves it. Mm-hmm. But his cultural his cultural analysis pieces were so helpful. I think in helping people connect things that we all experience in in culture and showing how justification by faith actually addresses that. Yeah, I enjoyed Kevin as well. I think he's at his best walking through a text. Like I think to watch him walk mm-hmm. through a text is really I think I think he's really good at it. He's also good at the doctrinal uh, cultural analysis. I wish our students would have seen him walk through a text. Yeah. Walk through a passage of scripture. Yeah. But he was very, very good mm-hmm. nonetheless. Any other messages that stood out to you? Oh, goodness. Well, I, I really enjoyed Mark Dever and Luke Duncan. Uh, they were both really, really solid. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. I. The one I wish I had seen had been that uh, first morning. Uh, there was a, a preacher from Africa. Uh, from Kenya, who was mm-hmm. there, who who had some guns. Uh, <laughs> yes, he was jacked. <laughs> uh, and and I missed him. So I think I said this last week when we talked about preparing for conferences. Is yeah. I, I'd much prefer to have a conversation out in the lobby or yep, in the exhibitors sure. hall than be there for every session. Yeah. Uh, so I was out. I was out in having a conversation, mm-hmm. and uh, and missed his and I wish yeah. I, I I need to go back and watch it. Yeah. I've heard great things. Yeah. Well, I've I think I missed more than you potentially in terms of <laughs> sessions. So <laughs> um let's talk about um we saw some of the panel discussions, not all of them. Um one of the interesting things that I thought is they did uh in the panels in the panel discussions, they did address some of the cultural issues that have caused division within among evangelicals. Among, mm-hmm. um, what were your thoughts on how they addressed those? Were you surprised that they did? Or did you feel that they adequately addressed those, maybe not adequately? Should they have stayed away from them altogether, pretended they didn't exist? Um. Well, f- first caveat: uh, the the panels at T four G aren't why I'm there. Okay. So I almost view those as an extended break. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oftentimes I'll be out or checking email or do- doing something like that. I was not checking email at this conference because there was no cell reception in the auditorium. Well, it's just overwhelmed. Like you look at your phone, and you're like, "Oh wow, f- sweet, five bars." Um, you can't do can't, anything. You yeah. Can't check my email. Yeah. So. That was rough. But uh, I, I thought they did a good job in the parts that I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. I didn't think too much about it, whether they were going to address it or not. Uh, was it something you were thinking about ahead of time? Yeah, I was. Um, I, I think I, I was um, – I felt like they probably had to – had to is a strong word. I, I was hoping that at some point they would address disagreements on issues related to race um, because – I would argue that's part of what has sunk T4G. Mm-hmm. Part of what caused some of the splits within T4G can be traced back to 2018 hmm. and the conference there um, when they uh, had some messages that touched on some of those subjects and then they had the, they had a panel discussion about Martin Luther King Jr. that was um, – very controversial. Hmm. Um, and I think that was um, – I think it was I think it was good for them to address those issues because things have only gotten more um, – uh, what's the word? Controversial, more intense when discussing issues of race. I mean since 2018. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and more uh, – is fracturous a word? Uh, uh, divisive. Yeah. Th- things have just got the the – the gap is widened. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, and again, I, I'm, I will listen to Kevin DeYoung talk about just about anything, um, except except baptism, right? Yeah, baptism. <laughs> We're not on the same page, but they did have a conversation in one of the panels where they did try to address some of the differences over uh, engaging race within the church and within the culture. And I did think that was a good, helpful model where there was some disagreement, mm-hmm. but there was honest attempts to understand and then ask questions mm-hmm. for clarification. And um, yeah, I just think that was um, very helpful. So I was I was encouraged by that. Uh, favorite freebie that you got? Oh, my goodness. So we got like 12 – was it something like that? 12 books that they gave away for free, which is one of the hallmark, hallmarks of T4G that everybody who registers walks away with a dozen free books. Yeah. Well, free in the sense that your registration helped pay for them. But <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Uh, I would say probably, probably the one I'm most excited to dig into is uh, theology for pastoral ministry or theology for – I think it's just theology for ministry. Isn't theology it? for ministry. The, 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 the thick real one. thick one, yeah. With a bunch of different essays about different doctrines and how mm-hmm. they ground themselves in pastoral ministry and how, how this works itself out. I'm excited to dig into that one a little bit. Um, yeah. So, yeah, looking, looking forward to that. For me, I think it was the uh, Strange New World by yeah. Carl Truman. I mean, that's kind of the easy one. I had a, I had a feeling you were going to go that way, so yeah. I, I went with a different one. Uh, yeah. Because it's it's intended to be a uh, a much shorter, uh, much uh, more entry level version of his book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, which is not a light read. Mm-hmm. So this is a, intended to be a little lower on the shelf. Dial it back a few notches. Yeah, yeah. A more accessible. Uh, can we talk about book drama, by the way? Book drama. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you half, okay with this? It's half your show. So. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about some of the book drama we experienced? <laughs> if you want. First of all, 
We walked in. When was the first time you and I went to the bookstore? It was that first evening. Uh, we probably didn't get in there until after dinner. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. And uh, you, me, and Zach in Ohio were walking through, and we walked up to Lexham Press. Yeah. And Lexham comes to you and is like, oh, my gosh, Matt, your commentary on Galatians is selling so well. It's the second bestseller. I brought 35 copies. I have seven left. You know, mm-hmm. and it's the first night, which, yeah. which, you know, as an author, you're like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Now, the the bookstore was large, and some of the publishers were small and sort of pushed up against the wall. Yeah. And so we did not get over to IVP, where you have two books in the last year come out. Yeah, that's correct. We didn't get over there till maybe the beginning of day three. Does that sound right? Um, yeah, or maybe late day two. I can't remember. And the guy at the IVP table sees you walk up and goes – Basically yells. I was quite loud. Goes, don't say anything. <laughs> don't say anything. Yes. And you're caught off guard. Yeah. And you go, what? What's wrong? And he goes, we didn't bring your servant book. Nor did we bring rebels in exile mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. And that led to about thirty minutes of them trying to trying to <laughs> soothe their author who was present at this conference. Yeah. Um, and it was very – it was – how awkward of a conversation was that? It was a little awkward. Yeah, yeah. The, the the guy did stress like we've been talking about it with people, giving them an online code to order. They can you know, they can do it that way. But OK. All right. Sad. They tried they, – they did try to give the like, well, if we'd have known you were going to be here. Yeah, don't give me that. Come on. <laughs> Wild. Yes, indeed. Wild that they did not have the two, those two books yeah. there. Okay. Yep. Yep. Particularly because we know it's on Dever's shelf. Yeah. Um, we know. <laughs> on his desk. We knew it was on his desk recently. Mm-hmm. We know that for a fact. We know that. We have a, a source close to the Dever administration. Yes. That, <laughs> <laughs> yes. We have a source inside the Inside Dever. the Dever administration <laughs> that can confirm it was on his desk. Yeah. Um, uh, you know. I walked away. I still. I'm, I'm surprised myself. I did not buy a single book at the conference. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> now, in fairness, uh, the bookstore hours were more limited. Like, if there's a session going on, they shut that bookstore down. You can't yeah. wander through when there's no when there's when the session's going on. And so, basically, that leaves the windows where there's also meals. So you often have to decide, like. Well, you know, by the time you go somewhere, get a meal and get back, like you might have a, a, a small window to go through. And um, I, I also kept bumping into people mm-hmm. that wanted to chat. Mm-hmm. And so I never had a chance to kind of really walk through the entirety of the book area and and peruse and purchase. So, yeah, but that's a first going and uh, not buying a single book. What about you? You bought some. Yeah, Not I, many, I don't think, but I think just two. Um, I bought Thomas Watson, uh, the picture of a godly man in, in Puritans. Yeah, yeah, in pencil, uh, and then I bought uh, last year at the Gospel Coalition. I bought Scott Christensen's "What About Evil," and it was very, very good. So I went back and I picked up his "What About Free Will," uh, okay, as well. Yeah, in part recommended. Oh, the first one uh, endorsed by Benjamin Ben from Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben from Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Um, yeah. So, uh, any final reflections on T4G before we wrap up here? Um, I I don't think so. No, uh, it was it was a good time. Um, sad to see it end, but uh, yeah. look forward to what's next. Yes, and and while we were at T4G, Gospel Coalition announced that their biannual conference. How you say that? I guess. Yeah. Every other year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're moving it from April to September. To September. Yeah, September. So next April, we will not have a conference to go to. Yeah. What are we going to talk about on the pod? I don't know. My goodness. I don't know. We'll figure something out. But uh, just a reminder, you can go to t4g.org and find all of the conference messages uh, as well as uh, I think the panel discussions are up there as well. I think. I, I believe thought so. I saw, saw, saw that. So uh, highly encourage you to, to, to check that out. Are we ready to move on? Yeah, yeah, this day in sports history. Let's do it. All right, 1941. A tradition begins the first organ at a baseball stadium. Yes. The how, Chicago Cubs. How, how do you feel about the organ at the baseball? I mean, it's 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 become tradition now. I mean, it's I like it. I, I like it when they have a real organ there and they're not just hitting play. Mm-hmm. You know, if they have a real organ there, I'm pretty excited yep. about it. Yep. Uh, 1983, NFL draft, uh, Stanford quarterback John Elway, first picked by the Baltimore Colts. And never played a single down for the Baltimore Colts. Nope, nope. Uh, I believe he was tempted to go play baseball for the Yankees, right? Yes, and I think he he might have even signed. I I, I want to say he signed like a contract to go play for the play baseball for the Yankees, and that was part of the leverage to get the Colts to trade him to uh, the Broncos. Hmm. Uh, 1988, uh, New York Met manager Davey Johnson becomes the second manager to record 400 victories uh, in his first four years. Yeah. I threw that in with I appreciate that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, 1990, Nolan Ryan, Tom's Bob Feller's. Ties. What'd I say? Tom's. Ties. Yeah. Bob Feller's record of pitching uh, 12 one-hitters in addition to his seven no-hitters. Now, now, can, now stop to think about that. He threw seven no-hitters and had 12 one-hitters. Yeah, so he's pretty close. (laughs) (laughs) He was so unbelievably dominant. Uh, 2018 uh, NFL draft Oklahoma quarterback Baker Mayfield is picked first by the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Four quarterbacks taken in the top 10 for the first time in history. Mayfield, Darnold, Allen, and Rosen. Yeah. And really one of those has worked out. Well, Josh Allen for sure. Uh, I'm not willing to say Baker Mayfield has worked out yet. No, no, probably not. Particularly because they just brought in Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I think um, it's, you know, first-round quarterbacks hit and miss. And so much depends on where they go and how they're developed. Yep. And the evaluation period they give them now is so short. Mm-hmm. I mean, it used to be you'd draft a guy and you're like, okay, he'll probably sit on the bench for a year. The Aaron, to... the Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was really the last one to do that. Yeah. 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 And now it's like, well, we drafted him. We got to get him, get him out in the field first year sometime. Yeah. And then we'll give him one more full year after that to kind of prove it. And if he's if he's not where we want, then we go get somebody else. Yep. It's it's pretty remarkable. You have a, a, a preference 
Oh, oh, probably Nolan Ryan. Okay. Hard to beat Nolan Ryan. He was such a stud. Such a stud. One thing you liked? Okay, so I am going to do something for the first time in show history. I'm going to do a one thing I liked and one thing I did not like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So one <laughs> thing I liked uh, at T4G, I, uh, I saw three – uh, alumni from our blended program who are all in local churches doing pastoral ministry, and that was yes. very exciting. Yeah, that is. Uh, that was that was very exciting. Two, wait, two of them are lead pastors. If I'm mm-hmm. who is the, the third? I, I don't. Remember. So one is a lead pastor. One is on track to be a lead pastor, okay. and then uh, the third is in Minnesota. Cody, yes, uh, is in Minnesota okay. uh, doing pastoral ministry, doing gotcha. uh, uh, young adult youth stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a host of other alumni there uh, yeah. from seminary and, and all sorts of things. So that would, that would, that's one thing I liked. For that sure. was very encouraging and very exciting. Absolutely. Uh, the one thing I did not like, uh, Zach in Ohio wow. and his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And okay. his mustache. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah, it was bad. It was rough. And was he bad. was, I will say this, he was easy to pick out of a crowd with that thing. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think that was worth a first in program history. I think so. To yeah. call that out. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was um, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and the fact that multiple people gave him trash about it all throughout the conference. Yeah, and it it was trash. It's it's, yeah. it's kind of like he's doubling down on it. Oh yeah, I I know one of our students his. Dad, his parents go to that church, yeah. and uh, Zach in Ohio comes up to me and goes, Alex's dad just doesn't like it. <laughs> he just doesn't like it. Yeah. He looked at me and goes, what are you doing? So, <laughs> well, I mean, his lovely wife, Sarah, is so kind and gracious and laid back that she won't just come out and tell Zach, it's got to go. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is our plea to her to say, please join with us in oh, telling yeah. him it's got to go. I, I've said this before. Initially, it's fun to talk about and joke about. Eventually, this becomes sad. <laughs> Eventually, yes. this becomes sad. All right. One thing you like. There we go. Um, I, I'm going to add – I mean I'm going to go with a similar thing in terms of connecting with friends from different parts of the country. Um and uh, in particular, it was good to connect with a, uh, a fellow professor friend um, mm-hmm. on Wednesday morning of the conference and um, yeah, just catch up with him. He's doing well. Um, just a, that to me is the best aspect of those kind of conferences. Mm-hmm. The preaching's great. The worship's great. Uh, but catching up with friends is even better. Oh, yeah. So – All right. We have talked uh, sports. We have talked reflections on T4G. We've talked about Nolan Ryan being amazing. And we've talked about um, two things we like and one thing we unanimously did not like. Yes. And are actually calling for a change. Mm -hmm. We're going to use our bully pulpit, our platform here on the Various Sunday Podcast to call out Zach in Ohio and say, repent, brother. Mm -hmm. Get the razor. That's right. 
So I think in light of that, um, all that's left to say is until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.